What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest, visit a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a taste of the itinerary. And this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays. So if you're curious about Bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful, amazing, beautiful souls, head to my website for more information, themanifestly.com slash events. Visit the link in the show notes. And yeah, let's let's hang out in Bali. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. back to the podcast. My name is Yonja Nicolette. I'm the host of Manifest Daily. If you're new here, welcome my love. So excited to have you here tuned in for your first episode of Manifest Daily. And if you're an OG listener, hey girl, hey, hey boy, hey, I'm so excited to have you here tuned in for another episode of Manifest Daily. So my loves, I'm going to set the scene because y'all know I love to set the scene, give y'all tea on what's going on in real time, like in my little section of the world. And I feel like it just helps to set the scene a little bit. It helps to give you a little color and context as to what's going on as I record. I personally love when podcast hosts do that. So yeah, we're going to get into it. So it's currently Tuesday, November 2nd as we record. And as you guys know, I typically post my episodes on a Tuesday. But my loves, I had recorded the episode all about preparing to quit your nine to five job. And I don't know what it was about that episode. Like I couldn't put my finger on it, but I just didn't love how it turned out. And I have shared with you guys several, several times that there are episodes of this podcast that I have recorded, I've edited, I've been like, I don't like this episode. This isn't good. This isn't good enough. And then I post it and I get such good feedback from you guys that it really resonated. It was super helpful. It was exactly what you needed to hear. And so I know that there's some part of me on some level that believes that me thinking the episode that was originally prepped for today is just not good enough because of imposter syndrome. I know that on like obviously a logical level, but I really just wasn't feeling the episode. And so I literally went through and deleted it last minute from my host. I had it scheduled out. Literally, I did everything. I recorded, edited, had the show notes ready, put it up on my host, put the ads in everything. And I took it down. I posted on Instagram. I was like, hey guys, I'm like really just disappointed that we're going to be a little bit late with the episode. And y'all were like, just post the episode, post the episode. But I decided instead to record today's episode, which is going to be about the different things that you learn in your 20s, some lessons that I wish I learned earlier. And I feel like you guys are going to love and resonate with this episode. Now, I will say 
The other one that I recorded all about the nine to five episode or not the nine to five. I will say the other one that I recorded all about preparing to leave your nine to five. It is not completely gone. I still do have the files. So there is a chance I may post it one day. I may also just re-record it because I feel like towards the end of that episode, it got really motivational and really inspirational. But I almost feel like I want to just share a couple more practical tips, a couple more unique tips of how you could prepare to leave your nine to five and also a couple more mindset tips in that episode for you someone also dm'd me and suggested that i could do a part two so i could release what was already recorded as a part one and do a part two i think that's a fabulous idea so i might do that as well but stay tuned it is still coming this month and this 20s episode that we were talking about today this one is going to be good as well so hopefully you guys love it hopefully you resonate with this one and hopefully it hits home for you so yeah but like I said, my loves, it is currently Tuesday. I am here. It actually just turned 111 on my end. So we love that. We love a good, fabulous angel number. And I want to just thank you guys for tuning in for listening to today's episode. It is really gloomy in Dallas. Also, I feel like it's just one of those days where you just want to cozy up under a blanket. You want to grab some hot chocolate. You really don't want to go outside. Like it literally started raining when me and Tolu were on our way back from Panera. We worked from Panera for a little bit this morning. It started raining and I was like, I just want to go home, put on the heat, get in bed and like work work from bed today it was giving very much cozy very much fireplace turn on very much mariah carey singing what i want for christmas is you vibes and y'all already know as soon as you hit november you gotta put on the jingle bells you gotta put on the holiday tunes because that's just the vibe okay that's just the vibe post halloween and i don't know about y'all but i love me some good holiday music because i feel like it just puts me in such a good mood and also it's like the perfect music for cleaning as well but anyways my loves so today like i said we're chatting all about life advice for your 20s. These are going to be a couple things. I said in my original title, I have five things I wish I knew earlier, but I wouldn't even lie. I think I have more than five on my list right now. So either way, we're going to be going over some different things that I wish I learned earlier in my 20s that if you are either in your early 20s or honestly, because my age ain't nothing but a number, baby, but maybe you're in your early 30s or even early 40s listening to this. I feel like these could still be applicable as well. These are just life lessons. These are things that I wish I knew earlier on in life that honestly have been so so instrumental in my growth process as a human being on this earth living a human experience so I hope they're super helpful for you so grab your coffee grab your hot chocolate because y'all know it's a little bit of a gloomy day you might want to put a little cayenne pepper in it give it a little spice okay and grab your tequila if you're feeling spicy and let's go ahead and dive into today's episode that I have on my list is that not everyone is going to like you even if you're a great person and you have to accept that this one is a really tough lesson I feel like it's just it's really hard to want to please everyone and especially if you're a very kind person if you're a very empathetic person if you're someone that genuinely wants the best for people I feel like you also tend to be a person that really wants to be liked by people because you're a good person you're a happy person you're someone who just wants the best for people and so 
it's almost inherent that you would also want people to want the best for you and you would want people to like you and all those good things. And I feel like this is something that I've personally struggled with as someone that's typically a people pleaser. I feel like I talked about this a little bit in the Hustler episode, just growing up in the household that I grew up in. There was a lot of emphasis placed on goals and achievement and sort of people pleasing my family and my parents in that way. And so I've grown up, you know, kind of being like that most of my life. And I feel like some of you probably are familiar with that as well. And depending on your personality traits, you might also just identify with being a people pleaser as well. It's really important to realize and understand that not everyone is going to like you. It's also really important to realize and understand that just because someone doesn't like you, that does not mean that you're a bad person. That does not mean that you're less than. That does not mean that you are any less of the type of individual that you believe yourself to be. When people don't like you, you really just have to accept it. I think that there are times where we will try to, you know, talk to the people pleasers. We'll try to kind of like change their minds or attempt to change their minds about who we are in their head. And it's not often successful because I believe that once someone's made their mind up about you and once they've decided like, I don't like this person, I don't want to like this person, I don't want to even listen to this person or give them a chance to show me why they should like me. It's not going to work if you're sitting there trying to be like, you know, here's why I'm a good person. Like, let me explain to you why you should like me. Like, they don't care. They don't like you. And the sooner that you accept that not everyone is going to like you, the sooner you make your life a little bit easier. Because let me say something, people pleasing is hard. Trying to get everyone to like you is hard. And you can't have everyone like you and also be authentically yourself. One of the things I have learned from, I think this is actually like a business or a branding uh thing that they talk about. I feel like I learned this too in um in grad school when we were talking about like advertising and marketing and stuff like that, but I said if you have a brand, you don't want to appeal to everyone. If you have a brand or a product or a business, you want it to be for your specific audience. You'll often, especially if you have your own business or if you ever worked with like a business coach or, or if you've ever done any sort of course on marketing, anything like that, you'll often hear that you want to have your core audience and that's who you're speaking to, right? And by having your core audience and having those specific people People that you're speaking to that you are appealing to you will ostracize other people there are going to be people that don't like your product they're going to be people that don't understand your product that are like why is this even the thing I don't get it it's dumb it makes no sense right but those aren't your people and it's the same thing when it comes to people pleasing they're going to be people that don't like you it could be the way that you laugh it could be the way that you speak it could be the way that you show up and you're confidently yourselves if those people have a problem with you that's a them problem it's not a you problem it's not really up to you to try to change their mind about you because that's a them thing and I feel like the sooner again that you understand that people pleasing is not going to help you it's only going to tire you out the better I also think this helps when you learn it earlier on in life because for the rest of your life you're going to meet more people the more people that you meet the more that you increase the chance of meeting someone that doesn't like you if you've grown up in a small town or if you went to school at small school and maybe it was an environment where most of the people that you were surrounded by tended to like you or you like them or you were friends with them or whatever and you go off to college or you go off to a full-time job and you're exposed to more people at college in the office and someone doesn't like you for some reason and you don't get it it is a them 
thing. That's an issue with them. As long as they're not hurting you or talking bad about you, keep moving with your life. Keep being you. Keep doing your thing because you're not for everybody. You're literally not for everybody. And it's a good thing. You're for the people who like you, right? The way your personality is, the way that you speak, the way that you show up is going to really resonate with some people. Hell, it's even going to inspire and motivate some people, but it's also going to piss some people off. And that's the good thing. I think the more that this podcast grows, and I've said this a few times, the more that I realize that there are so many beautiful souls. I appreciate you guys so, so much who will reach out to me and be like, I'm going through this thing and your podcast really helped. Or like, I love listening to you talk about like your random uh, updates in life. And I love listening to you talk about this or that or whatever. And I've formed so many amazing connections with souls who really resonate with me and who are for me. Like those are my type of people. Like y'all are my type of people. Y'all know who you are, okay? But then there are also people who are gonna come across my content and who are not gonna like me. So recently I got an email from Chartable, which if you don't know what Chartable is, it's basically the service that allows you to see if you're on certain charts for your podcast, like top charts or where you're ranking, things like that. And they send this like, I think it's a monthly or weekly email or something to me. And they also put in the recent reviews and I got two reviews, which were like, I think they were like two stars. And one person was like, she talks about herself a lot. And they were like, you need to stop talking about yourself so much. And then another person was like, she rambled for like 10 minutes about ice cream and then got and like, they're like, get to the point. You know, I'm just not for everybody because maybe if you don't like what I'm talking about, if you don't like hearing me share my stories about my life, don't listen, don't tune in. Nobody is telling you you have to listen to this thing or else I can't stop those people from not liking me or not liking my content. I can't message them and say, I'm gonna try to change their mind. I'm gonna try to get them to convert and be a manifest daily lover. The thing that I can do is move along, mind my business, keep talking about my ice cream because y'all know I love me some ice cream from Marble Slab Creamery, period, and keep it pushing because what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? Sit here and be mad that some people don't like me? Like that's that's just life. So that is a lesson though that I have had to learn slowly but surely. If you're in your early 20s, I feel like that's definitely a lesson that you have to learn as you get older or that you, again, the earlier you learn it in life, it's gonna make the rest of your life easier because you are going to keep meeting people who don't like you and you just have to keep it pushing. Again, as long as you're not being mean, unkind, anything like that to you, you just have to keep it pushing and mind your business because there's really not much else you can do at that point. So the second piece of life advice I have for people in their 20s, like myself, I say people in their 20s as if I'm not in my 20s, like LOL, but it would be be kind to people because you never know what people are going through and people will never forget the way that you make them feel. This is huge and it kind of goes back a little bit to the other point I was making about not liking someone. You know, oftentimes, especially now in this day and age where I feel like there's so much content creation happening online, like we have social media, we have YouTube, we have podcasts, we have so many pieces of media and forms of content where we can see into certain people's lives or get a little glimpse into their lives, right? And often, at least I watch a lot of vloggers on YouTube, so I'll see like the vloggers say things like, you know, you guys only get a glimpse into my life or you're not seeing every single second of my 24 hour day. You're seeing a few minutes of curated content that's edited, put to music that I put out on the internet. You're not seeing everything. And I think it's important to remember that we don't know every single thing 
that is happening in someone's life. We only see a small part of what they're going through, especially if we're talking about social media and what people choose to share on social media. And I know you guys have heard the saying that people only share, you know, the highlight reels and we're seeing people share more of their lives online. And so we're seeing more than just the highlight reel of people's content. We're seeing a lot more of what is essentially the behind the scenes of people's lives. But even in that, we are only still seeing a portion of people's lives. And so it is important to hold empathy for others. It is important to not be cruel or unkind. And if you have some sort of unsolicited, unkind comment, you ask yourself, like, do I really need to make this comment or is it unnecessary? And I think a lot of you listening, if not most of you listening, are kind people, are kind individuals. And you kind of know that, right? You know not to be rude, you know not to be impolite. But I also think sometimes we forget and not necessarily, you know, that you might comment something negative on someone's post or that you might leave a mean comment or a cruel comment or anything like that. But often we can pass this judgment on people. So you might see someone's social media profile or you might see what they have going on on the internet and you might pass this immediate judgment on them. You might think, well, they have this perfect life and they're going through this and they have all this money and they have all these followers. So everything must be rosy and peachy and amazing in their world and they can't possibly possibly know what it feels like to be anxious or to be depressed or to be going through anything and it is such a bold statement a bold judgmental statement to make and I've been there myself I've seen people who seem to be living this glamorous life online and I've made the very quick judgment that everything in their world must be perfect and I've made the the mistake of trying to compare my life and what I'm going through and where I am with where they are without knowing the full story. And this is so huge because once you start to do that, it's very easy to fall into that comparisonitis, that trap hole where you're literally comparing your life, the the one that you know all the details about to someone else's life that you literally know maybe 0.001% about. I was actually listening to this podcast that Tolu put me on to. It was called the Flourish Podcast and Whitney Simmons was on it. If you're not familiar with Whitney Simmons, she is a fitness influencer. She's amazing. And if you look at her online profile, you would think this girl has the most perfect life, right? She just got engaged, I think, last year. She has all these followers. She's worked with the Gymshark on a collaboration. I believe she has her own uh, swim care, not swim care. She has her own swimwear line. She's just doing amazing things in the world. And she just appears to be online, like such a kind, a beautiful, a bright, a glowing soul. And I love her content personally. I feel like she is one of those people where I go to and I feel very uplifted by her content. Her like tagline is, is a beautiful day to be alive. And I love that. I feel like it just speaks a lot of gratitude into the world and especially when she would do like Monday motivation posts like it was just one of those accounts where I felt good consuming her content and I didn't necessarily feel like you know jealous or weird or anything like I just I felt really good she was very uplifting very motivational so long story short I'm listening to this podcast episode that she went on and in the episode she was shedding a lot of light on the things that have happened since she's grown so much on social media and she was talking about the bullying the comments the negative negativity, the cruelty that some people have inflicted upon her, right? There are people who will assume that her life is perfect and they will go out of their way to say mean things, to comment on her appearance, to nitpick at her, to literally break this woman down in order to, I'm assuming, make themselves feel better, right? Make themselves feel less obsolete by breaking someone else down. And that is just kind of the nature of the world that we live in because there are people that share their lives 
lives online, there are always going to be people that feel very compelled and obligated for some damn reason I can't really understand to go online and be very, very cruel and to leave a comment that is absolutely unnecessary or to DM someone something that's absolutely cruel and unnecessary. And I'm very passionate about this because it's one of those things where online bullying, bullying in general, being cruel to people can tear someone down. Your words are very powerful. We know that because you're listening to this podcast and you know the way that speaking positive words and positive positive affirmations into your life can change your life for the better. What do you think speaking negative words and negative affirmations and negative things onto other people can do? Yes, we have this autonomy over our lives. We have this way of being able to protect ourselves. But if you are someone that constantly hears negative commentary over and over and over and over and over again from people, it is going to chip away at you as a person. And you just, like I said, you never know what anyone's going through. So I love just kind of going out of my way to share a kind comment, to share a kind word with someone that I don't know. Like, you know, when you go out to the grocery store and you're checking out, just like talking to the person who's checking you out, or if you go to a restaurant, like talking to the waiter or the waitress, having that conversation, because you literally don't know what someone's gone through during their day, during their week, during their month, what they're going through currently and what they're struggling with and that one kind comment or word or piece of feedback could be the thing that actually uplifts them and reminds them that not everybody sucks and so I'm sure you know Whitney went on to explain I haven't finished the full episode actually it's like two hours I think I'm an hour in but she went on to talk about how she gets a lot of positive feedback she would say like you know very small percent of the negative feedback or the feedback that she gets is negative rather but at the same time it is that part that chips away at her especially when she is exposing her life on the internet and essentially there are people who feel like they are entitled to be mean so you just never know what someone is going through this is a huge one um it's just important to be a friend especially if you're someone where in your circle whether it be at college or at your full-time job where you're in sort of space or circle or whatever group with another individual and if they share something with you and you you are brought into their world and they decide to invite you in and share a bit of their life with you be a kind individual be a supportive individual we can all use a friend and it doesn't cost anything to be a kind individual in this world and it often means so so much to the people who need that kindness the most The next life lesson that I have is that you can always change your career path. So what you study in college doesn't have to be what you'll be doing, you know, when you're 31, when you're 41, when you're 51, you're essentially not stuck in your career. I feel like college is one of those things where I really loved my college experience and I loved my school experience. I'm like one of those people that really likes learning and really likes school. But I also feel like there's part of college where you go into it, you're a little bit confused, you're 18 years old and you're told like, hey, you need to figure out (laughs) what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. Now you need to pick a major that's aligned with that. You need to do that major. You need to come out of school. You need to follow this career path until it's time to retire. You need to retire and then you need to die. And it sounds very, you know, morbid and very like, drastic and I feel like that's at least the discourse that I was introduced to when it was time to pick a major and when it's time to choose a college it was like this very drastic and very 
black and white discourse and conversation. And that's really tough because it almost feels like you're stuck. If you go into college and say you go in and you choose a major and you decide, I don't want to do this anymore. There are times when people will continue on a certain career path. They'll continue with a certain major because they feel as if giving that up is failure. They don't know what to do next. They don't know if they'll get a job, if they change their major. They don't know if they follow their passions, if there will be a job for that major. And to that, I say you literally have so many opportunities in your life to change your career path. There are people that are 41, 51, 61 going back to school to learn something new. There are people that follow the career path down the line get to a place where they're like, I actually don't like what I'm doing, decide to quit their job, leave their job and pursue something else. So you always have that opportunity and you have to remember you're never stuck in any one moment, right? And of course, I know that there's so many different privileges and nuances to that statement. And I'm totally here understanding that. But for the most part, there are opportunities to change what you're going to do to change the way that you are approaching your career in this world and in this life. College and what you're what you study in college does not have to be your end all be y'all I remember I went into college and I was pre-med y'all I was pre-med until listen I had this one chem class and I took that first chem exam I got my exam back I said baby I ain't never seen a grade this low in my life that was the first time when I questioned everything I was like wait a second and I didn't drop the pre-med status because of the grade simply I actually had this moment in this huge epiphany in college where I thought about what my life would look like as the type of doctor uh, I wanted to become and at the time I was going to school to become an OBGYN and I remember thinking well you know women have babies at all times of the day and night and I don't know if I want to be that person who has to get up at three in the morning to go to the hospital to help deliver a baby I don't know if I want to be that person who has to if I'm at my like son's soccer game to have to leave and to go to the hospital to deliver a baby I didn't know and frankly actually I would say I did know because I could tell that I didn't want to do that I decided to change the course I was always a psych and sociology major but I was on the pre-med track and I dropped the pre-med track and just pursued psychology and there was a point after that where I was like well I'll go to I'll continue this and I'll get my doctorate and I'll be a psychologist and I'll be a clinical therapist and I'll take clients then that changed and then I discovered marketing and advertising and then I shifted again and I went to grad school for that and then I went into that career so what I'm saying is there are different points that you can evaluate your values you can evaluate what you want to do you can look at what you're currently doing and do you like it do you enjoy it does it fuel you up does it actually drain you is it something that you want to change and you are allowed to change and to make those decisions if you went to college and you pursued a certain degree and you came out of college and you are like I need to get a job in this field because I went to college for it but I hate this field I don't want to do it I would say don't do it do something else that you love if you have to go back to school and you can afford to do it do that if you have to start a whole different career path and it means starting at the bottom you know me here and working your way up then do that because that is and we'll get in that's a whole other lesson but it's not worth it to sacrifice the the time that you have in this world to do something that you don't want to do especially when it comes to career because y'all know how much time we spend at work it's probably just as much as time it's just as much of the time that we spend as sleeping I said that really weird but y'all know what I mean I mean that you spend a lot of time sleeping you spend a lot of time at work and you don't want to play yourself by going into a career that you literally hate and don't want to do because you feel in some ways pressured by your parents, by society, 
by the media, by yourself. You want to do something that you at least love or enjoy or are somewhat passionate about if you can. And again, that is coming from a privileged position, I will say, because not everyone does have the privilege of doing something that they love. But if you can in some way try to pursue that and work your way up, even if it takes a couple years to get to where you want to be, I say that is completely, completely worth it. Y'all know I'm, you know, in that same sort of transitionary period myself and I will talk more I will speak more to that when we do the uh when we redo the preparing to quit your nine to five episode but it is worth it if you know that there's something bigger something else that you want and you have to take a little bit more time to work up to that I think it's absolutely worth it to do that to really align with your values and your passions and living a happy and healthy life The next lesson that I have also related to career is that your company and by company, I mean like the company that you work for is not your family. They don't love you and you are irreplaceable to them. Now this is going to hurt somebody because I know somebody, at least one of y'all, because I was told this too <laughs> at one point in time at a job, whether it be your current job, whether it be uh, the job you got right out of college, maybe it's like your second job. I don't know. But you were probably at one point told that like, oh, we're a family here. Oh, we love you. Oh, this, oh, that. No, they're not your family. They don't love you. In fact, you are an asset to the company. That's all you are. You're a number. You're uh, an individual, you know, crank in this whole machine. You are an asset. I remember my first full-time job and y'all know I talked about this a few times, so I won't like go super, super into it, but this is where I got to learn that lesson hands down very, very quickly. And I think when you get your first full-time job out of college, right, you are so excited. It's like, you feel like, you know, you're ready to dive into adulthood. And I don't know what the hell we was all rushing to get here for, because girl, sometimes it'd be ghetto as hell but you rush into that and you're thinking oh my god I'm gonna be making money I got benefits it's this it's that it's great right and it is great and I think there are some beautiful things that can happen at your first full-time job but I went into this job and I I imagined you know on the sitcoms when they show you like the the office and then you know people are playing pranks and and people are having fun and they're having all these holiday parties and it's just the good old grand time in the office somehow they never doing work in the office but it's a grand old time. And that's kind of how I pictured my first full-time job experience. And I quickly learned that's not how it goes and that's not what happens there. And I quickly learned that I'm also just an asset, a number to the company. Companies look at you as, you know, a return, right? Or an investment rather. You're an asset and it's something like, are you bringing in a return for this company? Is the money that you're earning the company or helping the company to earn more money than what it costs to to hire you. That's why I think we're seeing such a huge issue and and the opening discussion which should have should like I'm glad it's becoming more of a discussion of the wages in this country and the fact that so many people are underpaid and undervalued especially as essential workers in this country and by this country I mean America <laughs> but um but yeah we're seeing that conversation open up so so much more because companies are looking at like okay if we have x amount of people doing x type of work we're making this much in revenue and we can pay them this much and we can basically make this much profit off of them why wouldn't they do that it's in their best interest and so if in this relationship there's ever a time where you as the assets are causing too much problem for how much you're worth if you're if you're causing the company to lose money if god forbid you stop you depreciate and you stop being a worthwhile and valuable asset they will not hesitate to cut you i don't want to scare y'all because if like i sound this is giving very much fear monger right 
now. But I say that because it, it's almost like a really good thing when you start to realize that the company doesn't value you in that way because it becomes a little bit freeing because what happens at that point is that you aren't afraid to look for a better job when you want a better job I think companies use this family you know label and title and they tell you things like we love you here and they they throw birthday parties and they do all these things yes because then there are genuine people who build relationships at work right but there's also this bigger idea of if you believe that you are family to a company you are going to be very very loyal you are going to overwork you are going to put in you know more time than you need to because this is your family this is someone that you love or this is a company that you love you are not going to look for a better job that's going to treat you better or pay you better because why would you do that it's disloyal to the family listen that's what they want and I think when you start to realize that they're not loyal to you you realize that you don't necessarily have to be loyal to them you can look for a better job when you need a better job you can negotiate more pay if they come to you and they say hey we want to pay you this much no I don't want that y'all gonna pay me more or not nah. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying and again I mentioned the privilege a lot because when it comes to career and when it comes to a lot of things in this world but career specifically there are different nuances that go into this conversation it is going to be a very very different conversation if we're talking about corporate nine-to-five negotiations than if we're talking about maybe an hourly job or freelance work and clients it's going to be a different conversation if we're talking about someone who has a savings to possibly fall back on and rely on for a few months versus someone who doesn't have that savings or a family member anything to fall back on sometimes we take a job because we need the job because we need the money in that moment to pay our bills to pay for other things that we have going on other responsibilities and we don't necessarily have the privilege to negotiate or to look for another job but I will say if you are in a job that you don't like and you do have the time to maybe after work or before work to set up interviews or to take a day off possibly one of like a you know your paid days off or a holiday or anything like that to go and look for other jobs and to go to find a place that will pay you more do it if the system is going to try to exploit you you need to turn it back on the system and be like if y'all want to try to pay me less and try to do this to me I'm gonna go find a place that pays me more I'm gonna go because you're gonna be the person looking out for you the job is not going to be looking out for you so this is a broader career conversation but as someone in their early 20s going into your career know that you need to add advocate for yourself you're gonna need to be the person to ask for a raise to bring that to the attention of your employers you're gonna be need to be the person to say I haven't taken a day off in a minute I'm gonna take a day off you think they're gonna tell you you haven't taken a day off and they're gonna ask you to take a day off no you're gonna you're gonna need to say that you're gonna need to advocate for yourself for your for your financial well-being and for your mental health well-being in these positions while you're at these companies because they are not your family they don't love you and they are seeing you as an asset. And that's that's literally it. That's literally it. So my next piece of life advice kind of goes hand in hand with this, and it is that nothing in life is worth your mental health, not the job, not the relationship, not people pleasing other people. You need to take care of yourself first. We've heard this piece of discourse about you need to fill your cup up first. And it, it is, you know, it is such a platitude, right? It's such a like cliche thing to say. Platitude is like my favorite word now, if you guys haven't guessed at this point, but it is so true. You have to fill your cup up first before you can fill up the cup of other people. Poor mental health eats away 
at everything. I remember being at that toxic job, that toxic first full-time job. I lost interest in hobbies. The world was super gray. Nothing felt worth it anymore. Like I didn't necessarily feel like there was any point to live it. I was struggling. I was struggling to get up in the morning to go to work because I hated it there. I hated it so much. And then it was even worse in the winter because I would go to work in the dark and be pitch black outside. I'd be driving to a place I hate. And I would come home at the end of the day and I be driving in pitch black going home and it would be cold okay because it's Boston so it'd be freezing cold as well really nothing is worth that mental health that mental well-being because if you can leave the job if you can leave the relationship if you can leave the situation whatever it is that is sucking the soul the living soul the living life out of you do it sooner than later when you're younger you want to give things more of a chance when I was younger that's how I lived when it was the first job I I gave it time I was like you know it'll get better it'll get better it'll get better it just got worse it got worse until I was fired and that's that was my wake-up call I was planning to leave but I took my time planning to leave because I kept thinking it would get better I remember being in a relationship that I wanted to end but I kept thinking no it'll get better let me wait it out it'll get better it'll get better it got to the point where I literally couldn't wake up a single day without crying until I was like I need to leave this relationship when will it get better it'll get better when I leave so as you get older you start to put your mental health and your mental well-being first and you start to say well if this thing makes me so sad so depressed so anxious so angry angsty at the world so cynical I'm gonna cut it out of my life because why would I have that in my life all it's gonna do is bring me down all it's gonna do is make me feel as if my life is not worth living and I don't want to feel like that. If you have a way of getting out of that job, of that relationship, of whatever, find that way and make that way. I remember in a lot of these positions that I was in, I prayed for a way out. I remember saying like, God, if you can, if you can basically like, help me find a job or help me make money in order to provide for myself or help me do this. I will leave this situation. And every single time I prayed for that, I was taken care of, whether it be that I saw a job to apply for. And I said, hmm, something told me in the back of my head, I need to apply for this. And I applied for this and I got the job and it gave me what I needed, the finances to be able to leave a certain situation. Whether it be that I got a wake up call through being fired and I realized, damn, like this was a blessing in disguise. All those different things pray for a way out and obviously take action again if this looks like you having to wake up a little bit earlier to apply for jobs if it looks like you having to use your lunch break to apply for jobs if it looks like you having to take a day off to go to some interviews for something better if it looks like you needing to stash away some extra money and not go shopping for a couple months to a year so you can put aside money and prepare to leave a relationship and prepare to stand on your own do that you have to make those sacrifices for yourself up front because at the end of the day if you are sacrificing your mental health for too long it's going to eat away at you to the point where you feel like there's nothing left to live for and that is just not obviously that's not a healthy place to be in and that's not a place I want any of you guys to be in and so it is important to choose yourself first in many if not all of these situations.
The next piece of life advice I have for you guys is that your friend groups will change, especially after college. And it may be harder to make friends as an adult, but it's not always impossible. College was fun and I met a lot of friends at college, but the hard thing is when you leave college and some people go back home, maybe some people lived out of state, maybe you lived out of state and you go back to a different state or your home state and the distance grows your friendship apart. Maybe your friendships grow apart because you guys are into different things. Maybe, you know, the differences that always existed there through college weren't as blatant and weren't as like in your face and transparent because the similarities of being in the same community, the same college, the same at the same parties, at the same places, it covered up the differences. And now because you don't have college as sort of this underlying thing that you're connected through you now see your differences and you grow apart because of that either way friendships will grow apart because of college or after college not because of college but either way you will have friendships that grow apart and I think that's okay I think sometimes we are so used to friendships we're so used to the way certain things are that when we see them changing we start to panic it is tough I will say that my first year after college I felt very alone like my saving grace was my mom I lived at home and I ended up doing everything with her. Like I'd want to go to the mall. I'd be going with her. I wanted to go out to lunch. I'd go with her because I didn't have those core foundational friendships in the same way that I had when I was in college. And I felt very, very lost, very afraid. I didn't know kind of what would happen. And I think that's a normal thing to feel. But I would also say it's also important to look for friendships in different places. I've mentioned to you guys before, especially in my social anxiety episode, if you haven't listened to that one and you struggle with making friendships as an adult, I would have highly recommend that one but I talk a lot about making friends online I think again social media a lot of a lot of bad things right but also a lot of good things including being able to be exposed to and meeting other people who don't live in the same space as you and you can have those online friends and form those relationships with people who have similar interests as you who have similar goals as you and build friendships from there and it's not weird I think there's always been this like underlying thing or belief that online friendships and relationships and online dating and things like that are weird and it's not weird to desire a connection as human beings and to go in places other places to look for them especially you know with the pandemic and everything people are looking in those online spaces because it's not as easy to go out in person and to meet people in some of the places that we were once used to meeting them it may be harder to make friends and it may be a little bit more of a process that relies on you getting outside of your comfort zone more often but it is not impossible to make friends as an adult and you're just gonna have to get a little creative with the way that you do it but I would also say cherish the friendships that you do have that were there for like the long run so if you have friends from middle school elementary school kindergarten high school that you're still in contact with and who you still really enjoy spending time with and maybe it's not something like you guys can hang out every single day because you're not at the same school or whatever the case is if you can see each other once every I don't know like month or so and do like a a lunch or a breakfast or a brunch or a dinner whatever the case may be like your friendships will look different the way that you hang out with people will look different the way that you build on your connections will look different but that doesn't necessarily take away from the connections themselves that doesn't take away from how powerful the connections can be so cherish those friendships that you've definitely had for a long time but also know that you can build some newer friendships in just different ways um there are also facebook groups i know i've joined a couple of facebook 
group since living in Dallas. Now I haven't made like this close friend group or anything since doing that, but I also know that I have friends in other places and I have my online friends and things like that. So I'm not too, too pressed, but definitely get creative when it comes to your friendships and also know that the older friendships that you have are still, still very much worth it to kind of keep going if you can, as long as you're not like forcing it and trying to, you know, stay in touch with someone that you no longer feel aligned with. I would say definitely keep those lifelong friendships going. Another lesson I have for you guys, I have more than five. Clearly, girl, this episode getting kind of long and my mouth getting kind of dry and I'm thirsty, but you know, we're gonna keep it going. Okay, we're gonna keep it going for the sake of this episode. But my next lesson is that romantic relationships take more than just love. This is a huge one. I feel like I've gone on a rant about this like so many times on this podcast. So y'all already know how I feel about this, but I'm gonna still tell y'all anyways, okay? But I used to think that love was enough. Like y'all know the feeling when you fall in love and it's like you have over heels baby you feeling away like your heart beating all types of way you think you're going crazy you're feeling sick you're feeling you're feeling all types of things good chemicals are crazy those hormones are crazy and I used to think that feeling the power of that feeling would make things last forever now clearly I've gone through two serious relationships where obviously at you know one point in time I felt that way for the individual and they felt that way for me I believe you know but it did not work out and so love is definitely definitely not enough. Love is great. Those initial feelings are great, but they fade. They do fade and it does turn into more of this companionship type of love that is really amazing and that's sort of rooted in friendship and rooted in you having similar things to talk about and similar values and whatever. But values do matter. Values are important. Values, finances, future plans, goals, all of these things, they play a huge role in whether or not your relationship will last. If you think that you're gonna go into a relationship and just love someone and not necessarily be connected on the values, be connected on the goals, if you are really different in terms of the big, big things, but you think that the love will keep you together, I have to say I have not yet seen or heard of a relationship that I ended up lasting just based off of this hormone-based understanding and idea of love and not necessarily the foundational things that are needed in a relationship. Communication also matters a lot. And with communication, sometimes I think people think if I say something really, really clearly to someone, like they have to understand me. That has to be it. Like if I say it clear, they gonna get what I'm saying. But I just wanna tell y'all that if you're saying something to someone, but they are not understanding what you're saying in the way that you wanted it to be understood, understood, you might have different communication styles. You might be basically speaking a whole different language to them that they're not getting. And that can be a huge deal breaker too in relationships. If you keep saying something to someone, but the way they interpret it is not the way that you want it to be interpreted, that's going to be problematic. So I love love. I love romantic relationships. I love, you know, this idea of soulmates and being with someone and growing old together, swinging on the porch, babies and grandchildren and all these beautiful things. I think we all to some degree love love and love romance. But I will say it is so important, especially as you're younger and you are building connections with people, especially as you start to think about long-term connections with people, 
to understand that it has to be based in more than just love because it's not all fairy tales out here. Once y'all start getting into nitty gritty with that person and things start to get hard, you gonna wanna have them communication skills on deck. You gonna wanna have the same values. You're gonna wanna see the world in similar ways because otherwise it will be really, really, really hard <laughs> to work through that relationship. And it might become so hard that you're like, I don't wanna be in this relationship anymore. So love is definitely not enough unfortunately i wish it were i wish it were but it's not enough another lesson that i have for y'all is that things will always change and that is often your saving grace i know when i was younger i struggled with change a lot because change meant that you had to start something new you had to adapt you had to basically go into a situation or a place or whatever not really knowing how things worked and there is a lot of comfort in knowing how things works and knowing the procedure and the you know, what to expect there's such a comfort in that right and when you don't know when you don't know what you don't know it is really hard to sort of navigate that situation however I have grown to love change and understand that of course change is the only constant in our world when you start to realize that change is the only constant in our world you start to realize that bad things bad situations eventually end but when you also realize that change is our only constant in the world you do also realize that good things and good situations will eventually come to an end that can sometimes be a hard piece of the dualistic you know view that we're looking at here to adopt but I also think it's really good because you realize how important it is to be grateful in those good moments when you're literally in a very good moment like y'all know when you can like sit and realize like I'm in a good moment right now like I'm gonna think about this later and I'm gonna want to come back to this moment I'll find myself in times like that and I will literally take a moment to be super mindful and super grateful and soak it all up like let me look around what am I seeing what am I smelling what am I hearing what am I tasting what am I touching what is this experience giving to me right now how am I grateful for this why am I grateful for this what is this bringing me how much joy is this bringing me because sometimes we'll want to kind of go back to those moments in our heads and it's so cool to kind of remember have all those things to remember all those different sensory experiences to look back on and say wow like this was such a great moment in time, a great situation that I experienced here. It is comforting to lean into the impermanence of everything in life because you start to realize that your true power is in the acceptance of the impermanence of everything, but also in the response that you have to life and the response that you have to both the good and the bad moments, however you choose to label those moments in your life. And, you know, change is hard, but the older you get, change gets easier. Some change gets easier, not all of it, but some change does get easier. And also I think it gets easier to take risks that create change in your life because you know that it can lead to a lot of really, really good things in your life. So the last lesson that I have for you guys is that you will never have it all together. But this is a good thing. We have started to 
just create this thing, this idea that, you know, there's a certain age or a certain time where we going to have our shit together. And girl, I don't know who's saying that, but it's a lie. It's a lie. Life is about the journey. It's about the lessons learned. It's about the fun. It's about the adventures along the way. It's about the, the making the mistakes, the comedic situations, like all of these things that we experience, like right? the good, the bad, the ugly, the adventurous, the funny, the chilling, like everything that we go through is such a huge part of this bigger story and bigger adventure that we have to our lives. And when we are sitting here aspiring to get our shit together, it sort of downplays how important the journey is itself is because we're focusing on this arbitrary end goal of shit together. I have it together. What does that end goal look like? And it's always important. I love to ask the question of what does that even look like? Like whose standards are we appealing to when we attempt to get our shit together? Does it mean you know, having a partner, the job, the house, the car, is having it together all about materialism? Is it about adhering to standards for a typical picture-perfect life? But then you start to ask the question of who is this life picture-perfect for? This standard of white picket fence, you know, wife is home, this heterosexual model of the, there's a husband and a wife and the wife is at home raising the kids and the man's out making money and somebody's throwing newspaper onto the, onto the lawn that we are still somehow in some way still adhering to and still looking at as the ideal that is outdated and overrated I would say and who is it perfect for because it doesn't empower the woman and in some ways it also doesn't empower the man and I feel like well in some ways in most ways it doesn't empower the man but in some in many ways it doesn't empower the woman and it's important to ask the question of like who are these ideals really formulated for and who are they serving and why have we continued to to try to emulate that model and repeat that over and over when maybe it is outdated and maybe it is overrated. There is the bigger question of asking yourself, what should I aspire to? And I would say the answer is aspiring to live a good life by your standards. I would say being a kind person is important. Having as much fun as possible is important. Being, you know, a friend, a supportive person, taking calculated risks, trying new things, enjoying your time here with as little regrets as possible while also trying to make sure that you are not harming yourself or others is so huge and so important. I don't know about this whole getting your shit together because I really don't know what that looks like. There are times where I think, okay, well maybe, you know, when I when I have the husband, when I have the kids and when I do this, it'll be together. But it's like, why is that my ideal? And you hear people who talk about, no, I had the husband, all right? I got married, I had the kids, I had the car, I had the house, but now I'm worried about this, now I'm worried about this, I'm worried about this, I'm worried about this. And it never stops and it shouldn't, right? Because that's what makes life interesting. That's what gives us something to do. That's what gives us goals to make, to create, to aspire to. And it gives us like essentially something to work towards. If it were all put together for us, if it were all you know, set in its ways, we wouldn't essentially have anything to work towards. And honestly, we'd probably be pretty bored. So we'd be bored or dead, honestly, because if you're talking about having everything set, not needing to worry about anything, I don't know a single person in this world. And then again, I don't know everyone. So maybe this is for someone's life, but I don't know a single person in this world who has literally nothing to think about or worry about or plan or set goals for moving forward. Anyways, my loves, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I know it's going up a little bit late, but I hope you guys appreciate that I still got it up today. I'm literally, as we speak, about to 
edit this episode, schedule it out, get it up and share it with you guys on Instagram. I want to thank you so much for following along, for listening to the podcast, for following along on Instagram as well. Of course, please leave a five star review. Please don't leave a two star review. Like if you want to leave a two star review, just like don't because I mean, I mean, do whatever you want. But like, I really would appreciate it if you just like wouldn't. If you don't like the podcast, just click away, you know, click away. If you've gotten this far into an episode, I would argue that part of you kind of likes it. So maybe like leave a four star review instead of a two star, you know? something like that a little a little compromise that's all i'm asking for is just a little bit of compromise okay anyways my loves thank you so much for tuning into this episode i appreciate you so 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 much and i will chat with you guys in the next one bye What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest visit, a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a taste of the itinerary and this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays so if you're curious about bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful amazing beautiful souls head to my website for more information themanifestly.com slash events visit the link in the show notes and yeah let's let's hang out in bali everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.